Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello, my name's Karina, and in this podcast, Break Fear, Find Freedom, I have conversations with people just like you who have broken their fear and found their freedom, whatever that may be. And you, and shows you how to do the same. So sit back, relax, grab your coffee or your running shoes, whatever makes you happy, and let the fun begin. Oh, by the way, come take my hand and let's go. The door's open now. Hello, hello, everyone. Today is Break Fear, Find Freedom Day again um, and our beautiful podcast with our very, very awesome. Very awesome. Very awesome Dino Miliotis. Hello. <laughs> hello, how Dino. How are you today? Good, good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year and all that jazz. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm thinking today is a very um, exciting day for the simple reason that um, I know you've had new beginnings for, we've been chatting about it since we began three months ago. Can you believe it? Oh, happy anniversary, by the way. Three months. Right. No kidding. We've been chatting for three months. Man, and we never run out of things to say. I know, right? (laughs) Right? They're funny. (laughs) That's been pretty cool. Um, So... And we know we've, we've been on this path and you have started, um, it's all been new beginnings, but I think this is probably a very new, new beginning right now because you've left your life really behind and you've traveled by car all the way to where you are now. If you're so only... let's talk about fear and traveling to your wow. new Yeah, breaking out of your comfort zone uh, is not break fear, break terror because I left from the Pacific Northwest, which was minus 12 degrees and snowing, and I was heading east. So it's like 26, almost 2,700 miles, right? And I'm like, okay, no big deal. It's 38-hour drive. I'm fine. You know, I don't have to stop for a drink every five hours like I used to. So um, I get in my car, and the snowstorm, I had to go through it. And then there was another snowstorm brewing. So I had like this pocket. So I'm going through one area and it said, caution, you know, roads might be uh, slippery. And it was 75 mile an hour winds. And the, the wind was blowing the snow so hard, it was covering the lanes. So I actually for a while didn't even know what lane I was in. You couldn't see. Gee, and it so must have been scary. How did you feel about that? White knuckles and uh, sore triceps the next day. I mean, I was like this. Please, God, please, God. Don't. And you see these cars just like flipping over in front of you and you want to help them. But at the same time, it's like pitch black. You can't see the road and you just pray for them. Um, but but I, I saw a lot of accidents, but um, I, I made it through. I got a nice little pocket of goodness, which was good weather. 
and I made it in um, in three days. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah, I made it in three days. So you know, talk about well, I kept it p- putting a little hurdle for myself. You know, it's like, well, you know, I've gone this far, hundred more miles before I stop, or I've gone this far. You know, I'm not going to stop till nine p.m. And you know, it's just you know, you compete against yourself. You got to find something to do, and it was okay. Um, but it, it, it was scary, but I kept saying to myself, you know what? You don't have to speed. You could go slow. At one point I was going five miles an hour. Swear to wow. God. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't care who was behind me honking or whatever. I was like, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. Oh, and did I mention that, um, I didn't have snow tires. I had the race performance tires, Ooh. uh, which anybody knows. Work. It's <laughs> not good in the snow or the ice, uh, so it was kind of challenging. But I'm here. Uh, it's beautiful. I got out, and um, as you can see, I'm already moved in. It's all furnished, this little Nice. Yeah, I like the brick, too. Yes, um, I, yes, I love your feature wall. It's very cool. Yeah, well, I did it for the podcast. I'm like, what, 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 what do I need for a podcast? A brick wall. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm excited yeah, to be here. Brick wall is a good thing. Yeah, it is. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to tackle a new um, subject. So what are we talking about today? Well, that's why that was an interesting thing. So you, I, I'm, I'm, I like the way that you got through this. You even got a workout, right? And yeah, <laughs> and um, it's 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 very symbolic because you 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 got through that. So how do you feel about leaving your life really behind and starting this whole new life? No, well, I, I feel great about it. It's it's not my first rodeo, I will tell you, but it's probably one of the first times that I've tackled a stressful situation, one, sober, um, and two, after a huge anxiety attack, which, you know, I guess sometimes happens, right? Yes. But yes. I'm all about reinvention, and I'm all about, you know, breaking your fears. Mm-hmm. Perfect show. And, um, you know, I'm all about pushing my comfort level. And so if I didn't do those things, I would never have left my cozy little familiar home. But, yes, you know, yes. I, look, I, I've done this a lot. I've done this so many times. You know, uh, when we talk about reinvention, we're also talking about kind of so supposedly leaving the nest, leaving familiar uh, and going into the unknown. And that's yes. really what I believe life is all about mm-hmm. is challenging yourself and not being afraid to tackle the unknown you you know you'll figure it out along the way um there was one time in my life where i um i got a sales promotion and from chicago they moved me to new orleans and they said you're gonna open up an office in new orleans i'm like oh okay you know this was not a really good company to work for, I found out. But anyway, I took the plunge. Um, I left my wife, who was pregnant at the time with my uh, my son, my first child. And um, I, I didn't bring them with only because it was just so unknown, so familiar, unfamiliar. I didn't mm-hmm. know, you know, if this is going to work out or not. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, you, you got to have a little bit of smarts, you know, in that case. But I took the risk myself and I said, I'm going to, you know, move out there. I'm going to take this position. 
And if it goes well, then I'll bring you guys up because I didn't mm -hmm. want to disturb the nest. So I get out there and I hire a bunch of people and there's like eight sales reps and I got um, a secretary. I found the office, fixed it up and everything. And the company kept sending me um, a stipend to live on and, and the bills to, to, to pay for the, you know, lease and everything. Right. Yes. yes. And so I'm promising these guys, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do the territory. I mean, they were all like really, really loyal. And I'll never forget this. I, I, I haven't talked about this in such a long time. And so um, I find out that one day the company stopped sending me money. And basically they're like, Oh, well, we told you we'd send you money for a couple months. And then after that, you sink or swim on your own. I'm like, but this is, I don't know anybody here. This is a new place. And, you know, I, I need money. They're like, no, you, you know, and I was really, really shocked um, mm -hmm. at, at that approach because they never told me that, you know, going into it anyway, um, just to show you how upfront and, and forthright I was with my people, I told them the truth. And I personally recommended that it's like, look, I know you're all excited to work for me and everything like that, but this probably isn't the right company for you. And I'm broke. <laughs> I don't have any money. And I need yeah. to get back from New Orleans to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that not one of those guys walked out? Wow. Even though they weren't getting paid and they knew there was no future, their goal, their mission suddenly became to help me get out of a jam. So they collectively took my executive desk that I had in my office and they sold it for like 125 bucks and 125. This was early 90s and yeah. 125 bucks was precisely the amount to buy me a one way Amtrak ticket back to Chicago. <laughs> and so they allowed me to stay, one of, one of the salespeople allowed me to stay with them in their house, woke up in the you know middle of the night, transported me, made sure I was okay on the Amtrak and everything like that. And I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, wow, I, I can't believe I, 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 I defeated. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? I used my logic, you know? So reinvention is, is very scary. And you want to talk about a time similar to me driving cross country. That was probably one of the times. Imagine being in a city with no money, no friends, no family. You don't know your way around mm -hmm. and you don't even have a vehicle. I think my wife and I shared a vehicle at the time. So I left it um, with her. So yes, it was yes. really terrifying for me. And here out of the blue, just acts of kindness, random acts of kindness that you didn't expect. And I'll never forget those people. Uh, you know, I mean, for me, it was like, wow, you know, this world is still filled with, with good people. Yes, so. yes. Not my first rodeo, Karina. Yes, but but it is different this time because um, you've been through the through the rehab and you've sober. Yeah, um, it makes a difference somehow, doesn't it? It does make a difference. You're you're allowed to search your own feelings, which are true. They're not masked by anything, and uh, because of that, you know you you have to relearn how to process feelings, don't you? Because you know, I mean, imagine twenty, thirty years. I really didn't have feelings. They were all dulled 
by yes. external yes. forces, right? And so um, one of the important things that I will say is the importance to be able to feel, to be able to process those feelings on your own naturally uh, mm -hmm. is priceless. Because, you know, again, and let me make this crystal clear. It's not that when you find yourself or you reboot your brain, as we talked about on the last episode, that you're never going to experience terror or fear. You will. Yes. Uh, you embrace it and you kind of like um, compartmentalize it, if you will, where it's mm -hmm. not so terrifying when you understand it. You know, I can be afraid of spiders, which I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously. I suggest somebody putting a, you know, tarantula on your hand. But if that ever were to happen, as terrified as I am, you know, I'd recall that, hey, you know what? If you just stay quiet and stuff like that, chances are you're not going to get bitten, harmless, uh, you know, and, and, and yeah. it passes. So that's what I mean by like processing the feelings on your own. Uh, very, 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 very key to what we're talking about. Yes, yes. And it's it's very it's very scary, I'm sure as well, because um now for the first time after all those years of of masking the, with the alcohol or drugs, now it's like, oh, this is me. Yeah. And I've got to cope with myself alone because at the end of the day we sleep alone no matter who we're sleeping with, right? Yeah. Um and how did you do that? Well, you know, let's let's take for instance this traumatic 38 hours because that's what I think you're talking about and I'm doing it sober and I'm delving into a new life you know yes, being head yes. of a foundation and new surroundings and all that right pretty mm -hmm. terrifying yes, but then yes. you look at the little um positive things that I was saying in the last episode that make it all worthwhile like again yes. I mean if you just only look at the big picture oh you know, my God, I'm going into a new city and I've got to perform and like, you know, like a trained, you know, puppet and, you know, all that. It, it, it can get overwhelming, but think about mm -hmm. it. Clean and sober, driving through the unknown with yes. external forces like the weather. I did it in record time. I came here, unpacked my life in a new house with mm -hmm. new surroundings that I still get around. Uh, it, it hasn't been long, but I mean, I use navigation for er everything. I don't know where anything is. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> the but, beauty of technology. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it is. But, but you know, the, the point is, is that, you know, I'm giving myself pats on the back for the little things that are just as important as the big picture. Now, the yes. big picture to me, I'm always going to be a dream big kind of a guy. And that's important, mm -hmm. too. I have no doubt in my mind that the, the venture that I'm about to tackle is going to be enormously successful. Already indications are that it will. I mean, yes. without even trying, I pitched what I'm doing to a couple magazines and uh, not even explaining it right. I, I immediately got a response and they were like, oh, yeah, I'd love to cover your story. Just write a press release. So this weekend, yes. what I'm, doing, I'm writing a press release. I'm not even trying, right? Mm, mm, um, mm. That's the big picture. But the little yeah. picture is I'm, I'm alive, I'm healthy, I feel good. Um, the anxiety is no longer ruling my life. Um, and again, for everybody who's just watching this for the first time, I had a severe anxiety attack 
probably about what a month and a half ago, let's say. Probably. Um, where I was walking like this, <laughs> and I was just, you know, terrified of just terror. I mean, I, it's just really hard to explain. And I don't really know why this came about, but it does happen. And the more people that I share this with, the more I'm finding out that it does happen sometimes to, you know, a lot of people, a lot yes. more than you, than you think. Yes. And so the, the goal would be, the advice that I would give is that, you know, don't run away from something that you deem terrifying. Face it head on and give yourself spoonfuls of forward motion you know, and you'll get through it, yes, you know, yes, uh, yes. if I'm driving white knuckle driving in the snow and I kept thinking to myself, well, this is going to be the, this is how it's going to be the, 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 the whole way there. I would probably like stop on the side of the road and call, you know, 911 for help. <laughs> but then, you know, logic sets in and you're like, you know what, this is temporary. It's not going to snow all the way there. And you just got to tough it out. And you know, be safe and drive slowly and, and, you know, you, you get through it. And next mm -hmm. thing you know, you know, minus 12, where I started out the trip at minus 12. It's insane. Sudden, yeah. You see 50, 60 degrees. You're like, yeah, all right. What ice, <laughs> what snow. It's, it's beautiful. So yes. um, you have to always do that. So I, I always challenge myself with these little games. I always mm. have. Yes. And, and it works for me because for me, it's it's a win. And little wins are just as important as the big score, as they say. Right, right. And I love the idea of little challenges. Um, for me, that's also the fun part. It's You can look outside and see that one's doing this and that one's doing that and try and compare yourself to them. But you don't know the full story, um, especially on, on social media. Most of it is fake anyway. But yeah. you never know. And if you do that, it just kills your your confidence. It just kills you internally. So I love the challenges to yourself. Okay, just five more minutes of doing this or just one more hour of writing or whatever. It's yeah. really beautiful. It now, is. And now, because you've, you, you've, you gave up. Um, I'm sorry, I keep going back to this, but it's just a, you gave up your drugs. You gave up your alcohol. You've got this whole new life. You're looking good. You're feeling good. At any time while you were driving through um, your driving through, you know, going through this challenge, going through this, this, I mean, you couldn't see anything. Did you ever think about having a drink, stopping no. at a bar and having, I don't know, whiskey or whatever you drank, vodka, no. I think vodka. No, no. And and to clarify, the the panic attack, the anxiety uh, attack I had wasn't in response for wanting alcohol. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought initially. Yes. Yes. Uh, why wouldn't you think that? I mean, all of a sudden you're getting these cravings that I haven't had for 500 days. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Yeah. And to, to make uh, a point, even the doctors were like, oh, you may always feel those cravings, which is not something I want to hear. And I honestly, I'm not trying to challenge the medical community, but it's not really... Um, I, I think it's irresponsible for somebody to just make a blank, blanket statement yes. like that. Um, through soul searching and deep dives, like I have been preaching for a couple episodes, you know, I was, I was able to start realizing what the problem was. Now, I don't know what triggered for a fact this panic attack. 
Mm-hmm. I do know a lot of it had to do with isolation and being bored and um, going through a routine that I haven't been used to in 40 years. I mean, I've been always active, always my mind's percolating. I always interact with people. I get a really charge, big charge out of, you know, um, face-to-face interaction, okay? Yes, yes. But um, what I have to realize is I have programmed my brain for basically 30 years to the when you feel uncomfortable, you reach for a drink. Mm-hmm. And so my body was telling me, oh, you're feeling uncomfortable. And default, the default in my head always goes to a drink. Yes. And that's yes. why I felt like having a drink because the default is saying, well, you know what? Past experience has shown that when you take a drink, then all of a sudden you feel brave. Today, Here's how the logic works. I'm in a snowstorm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm white knuckle driving. I'm terrified that I'm going to slip off the road. And why wouldn't I? Because I see cars in front of me doing just that. Yes, yes. The last thing you want to crave is a drink. <laughs> okay. So if, if everything else fails, you know, and, and, you know, all other logic goes out the window. Just think about this. Will having a drink make you drive better or worse? Just that should be a deterrent. Yes, but yes. I didn't go through that logic. Mine was, you know, more just knowing that, hey, you know what? If you ever feel like having a drink, it's not the drink. It's because your brain is defaulting. This is what makes you feel good. But also the medication that they're giving me that it increases the serotonin levels in your brain. It takes a while to kick in. Mm-hmm. It's very common, which I didn't realize either. But um, it's it's amazing. It's amazing um, the difference if you give it a chance. Where honestly, Karina, to answer your question, I didn't think once about having a drink, um, and I and I haven't since my panic attack when I realized it wasn't really the drink I was craving. I I wasn't worried about it at all. I love that. So I love the way you're working. You're working with yourself and you're working with your brain and you're seeing those, you're becoming mindful and you're actually doing the internal work, which is what people need. Because a lot of times um, addicts and people that have problems with alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, they're given tab um, medication. And we've spoken about this as well before. And it just puts Band-Aid, Band-Aid, Band-Aid onto the onto the problem and they don't dig deep. So um, I think there's something that needs to be um, really reiterated here um, to say that that's the way we should be looking at alcohol and, well, looking at um, abuse, alcohol or drug abuse or addiction. Absolutely. I mean, I I knew even when I was in rehab that um, pills we're not the answer, they're band-aids. But I also know in the larger picture of mental health, there are people who suffer from you know, bipolar or there are some people that are anxious and things like that beyond you know, their control. Yes, but here's yes. the thing with me. Um, yes, I was, giving, I was given um, anti-anxiety medication. Yes, it's the kind that is non-addictive, which was very important for me. Even when I was freaking out, it was very important that I had something that I wouldn't get hooked on. Because as an addict, it could be a pill, it could be drink, it could, it could be anything, right? Right. Um, but but also knowing that these medications work 
naturally in your body and it takes a long time for them for you to realize their full effect mm. um and and also preparing myself that there will come a time this year um that they're going to wean me off of these things in the same uh, uh manner okay um yes, yes. I, I was fully okay with with being on medication the rest of my life if that's what made me feel good you know mm -hmm. and, and feel normal but it turns out that this is just a temporary thing. This is very common. This is more common than people think. And I think mm -hmm. in today's world of just um, unrealistic expectations and um, what we see on TV as an example or social media, you know, you notice we don't even talk about millionaires anymore. Everything's got a billion to it. You know, yes. it's like you don't even understand what a billion dollars is. Uh, but a millionaire is just so yesterday, you know, oh, you're just a millionaire. You know what I mean? Right. And right. I think I think to the average person, we watch expectation levels that are so high mm. and we get overwhelmed with what we're supposed to be doing in in life. We forget about doing the things that make you happy, yes. doing the things that make you fulfilled. And I'll be the first to tell you, you know, I, I've been driven by money for many, many, many years. Mm -hmm. I will be the first to tell you that I do still like money. I'm a capitalist, uh, capitalist and there's no shame in that. No. But at the same time, I've, I've, I've understood that uh, there's more to life than just earning money. That mm -hmm. it's got to be well balanced and you have to feel fulfilled and you have to do the things that you feel proud of and that make you feel good. OK, um, and I have just as much respect for somebody who is a school teacher or somebody who's a maintenance engineer or a truck driver or a garbage man yes. um, as as I do with what now everybody, you know, billionaire. I have, I have respect for it, especially if you're happy doing what you're doing. Yes. You know, it, it doesn't yes. matter. And that's the whole thing. I mean, this isn't class warfare. Be happy with who you are. Be happy with what you're doing. Be proud of what you're doing. And, you know, and, and always ask yourself, how do you want to be remembered? You want to yes. be remembered as as what? I mean, I and that goes to last week's question. Is it better to be liked or respected? I would rather be respected because yes. it's easy to go in somewhere and be liked. Uh, it's even easier if you switch who you are in an effort to be liked. But that's kind of fake circumstances, right? I mean, everybody gets all hooked on, well, I have X amount of followers. And it's all a joke. I mean, you don't even know who you're following. You never interact with all these people. It's all tweets and retweets. People don't even read what other people write. They just forward it. You know what I mean? They see one word or two words and they think they've solved, you know, yes. cancer. Um, yes. There's more to life than those superficial things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it took me 40 years to figure that out. Some people figure it out right away. Some people never figure it out. But it's, it's having discussions like this to kind of open people's mind to yes. a new way of looking at things, maybe. It's not mm -hmm. new, but maybe it's foreign to them. Um, but, but, you know, I don't know anybody who knows me better than me. Yes, um, yes. And, and so if, if I'm relying on you know, a hundred people to tell me 
who I am and what I'm supposed to do. We got some problems. I should be able to answer those questions myself. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you've got to, and you should be able to um, not worry about what those hundred people say. I think that's the biggest thing here um, is the fear. I mean, the fear of what other people will say or think of you or reject you. And so people live in that constant fear. Again. And how? How do you find fulfillment in your life yeah. by living in that corner and listening to everybody? And everyone has an opinion, which is right, but most people just have opinions. They have their own agenda when they give you, most people, I'm not saying everyone, when they give you advice, right? Yeah. Um, you need to know yourself and decide who, what you want and how you want to be remembered. So I yeah. love that. So yeah. how do you want to be remembered, Dino? Um, you know, um, I, I, I'd like to be remembered as somebody who just, um, you know, you can associate with never giving up um, and somebody who in a small way uh, helped change the world. Um, I still believe like the best is still to come, you know, don't mm -hmm. count me out, count me in because mm -hmm. uh, all, all those 40 years, as far as I, the way I look at it, it was uh, training for a marathon. I think the best is yet to come. And sometimes it takes years for all the pieces uh, in your life to come together where yes. you just finally have a clear message. And that message, you know, like we talked about last week, always changes. Uh, and you have to embrace the change. Even even a dinosaur like me who hates technology, you know what I mean? Either learn <laughs> it to do it yourself or find somebody you trust who's competent to do it for you. But you yes. cannot um, discount technology in the new way people view things or see things or hear things. You know, there's just so many outlets nowadays. It's just kind of, I mean, for me, it's like mind boggling. Okay. But I, I, instead of worrying so much about getting criticized because I'm a dinosaur, um, I, I don't care because my message for 40 years or more has really been consistent. I mean, one thing you could say about me is I don't give up. Mm -hmm. I just keep going forward. I may get sidetracked, which I have many, many times. Uh, I may get confused. I may fail. But eventually, I just keep going forward. Keep yes. going forward. And so if there was just that one thing that people couldn't remember, that would be it. Now, I don't know what they're going to remember me by, but you know what? I, I think I'm off to the right track. Again, is it better to be respected or to be liked? And that fear of not being liked consumes us. Yes. Consumes yes. us. Yes. I was talking to my cousin last night who has a business that mm -hmm. I'm going to help him with. Um, and he, he is more consumed right now with the personalities and the drama and the problems concerning his employees, which is mm -hmm. not on the job drama. It's after hours drama. You know, yes. I got a problem. I need help. I need this. I need that. He's more consumed by that stuff than running his business. And that's exactly what I'm going to do today. I'm going to go in and I'm going to show them. I'm like, you know, cousin, this is an easy fix. It's just a simple fix. You have to turn things around. You can't worry about being liked. You have to worry about being respected. Because at the end of the day, 
you're on the hook for all the bills. You're on the hook to feed your family. Yes. It's yes. your company. It's your blood, sweat, and tears. And these people, although I wish all of them success and, and fulfillment, they're, it's, it's, it's on them to, to choose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can nudge them. We can guide them. We can motivate them. We can inspire them. But at the end of the day, it's their choice what path they, they, they want to go on. Yes. I can't feel beholden or responsible for somebody's missteps, especially during off hours of business. Yes, yes. But imagine what, what, what really um, got me thinking, okay? Um, not that he shares my last name, which I'm like, hey, you should be like me, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody's different. But it just kind of floored me because it just reminded me how much I have practiced an unknown field to somebody even like my cousin. I mean, the mm-hmm. things that I find easy are things that just are just tremendously difficult or terrifying to somebody else. Yes. And yes. so to your point, we don't know what people have gone through. We don't know um, what they've done or didn't do. And I think mm-hmm. we talked about this before. I mean, sales to me comes easy. I make yes. it so easy. It's yes. not really easy, but think about it. I've been doing this for 40 years. It better come easy. At the same time, if you asked me to operate on somebody, I'd be like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Yes. So um, it's, it's not that uh, we can't do things. We can't do tasks. It's just that maybe we haven't had enough practice as the other people who make it look so easy. Mm-hmm. You don't know, right? No, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know anybody's life because you see people like now we chat to each other and we, we're in this um, conversation. But, you know, when, when we close the, the window here, what happens? I mean, Dino is someone else and I'm someone else. You don't know the life of a person or what how they live and people on social media sh- oh, well they show their best side yeah but you don't know what's happening they could be beating their wives up or beating their husbands up or being beaten or whatever i mean i'm, I'm going to extremes now uh- <laughs> you did that last week with the with the serial killer <laughs> <laughs> That's still to be Sorry, continued. it's my author mind, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know. We don't know. And and we can't follow so um, and you can follow them and see what they're doing, but you can't invest your life in them and not and expect them to take control of your life. It's your life. You need to take responsibility for that. Yeah. And I think going back to your cousin, it must be really it's hard um to do that if you sort of have a family, you, you make your, your people a family. But on the other hand, it's also a way to, if you're looking at them and trying to help them, then you don't have to look at your life and try and deal with your drama. Very, very common. It's, it's called what I call deflection. Yes, you know, yes. People, people have serious, at, at times, very serious issues to deal with. Um, it's easier to look out side of yourself and counsel somebody else. But think about the counseling that you're giving somebody else when you can't yourself take care of your own life. It's not going to be effective, even though you think it will be. You have to know yourself first. You have to love yourself first. 
You have to understand what makes you tick. And then only then, you know, uh, people have said all, all my life, I mean, how do I command such a presence in the room? The truth is, I really don't know. I mean, if I had a exact science, I'd bottle it and I'd sell it. Okay. Right. Trust me, I would. But um, I guess it, it comes from confidence because of knowing myself uh, mm -hmm. very well um, that people kind of gravitate towards that strength, right? Yes. If I didn't know myself very well and I was tackling all these kinds of problems and all these kinds of issues, what advice can I give somebody where they're going to gravitate to me, especially when my message changes every week or every month? It's like, here we go again. Yes, right. Yes. So for for a long time, when I first got in sales, obviously, everybody wants to teach you the cheesy sales 101 stuff. And I'm not knocking it if that's what you guys do. But but for me, it always seemed fake, just like Instagram fake or Facebook fake and stuff like that. It's just mm -hmm. like, wow, how insulting must this sound to the other person? Why can't I adapt a more normal approach? You know, and, and so uh, the reason I was good at adapting a more normal approach is because what you see is what you get off camera. Yes. I'm like this. I'm very, very curious, very inquisitive. And I have absolutely no problem asking a question that others would be like, Ugh. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> uncomfortable. But you'll never know unless you no. ask. Mm -hmm. And I've never gotten punched in the face. I've never gotten in a fight. So obviously I'm not that direct and callous with it. You know, I kind of I kind of know people, mm -hmm. but people genuinely embrace the natural approach. Um, and it's better to just be yourself and be real than to adapt this personality that ends when the spotlight is done. Yes. yes. Um, yes. Because then you're living two lives. Mm -hmm. OK, so take my cousin. He is very, very empathetic. OK, mm -hmm. almost to his detriment because you know, in my opinion, I mean, some people could look at it like, oh, wow, he cares. And I'm not saying he doesn't. But I look at it that you're enabling, you're enabling people not to reach their full potential. Yes. So when I say turn it around, I'm not saying go to these employees and say, look, I'm not your dad. I'm not your you know, mother. I, I'm not going to solve your life's problems. And, you know, you would have had them with or without me. And that's just too bad. Yes. What I would do is positively say that I believe the more I'm helping you, the more I'm hurting you. And that I believe that you have tremendous potential, but you're going to have to dig deep and you're going to have to figure it out. Yes. And, and, and almost set boundaries, if you will, mm. not mm. rules, but so set boundaries because it, it, it happens with everything. If I allow a seven or eight o'clock phone call from my salespeople, I'm going to get them. And oh, then, yes, yes. Right? But if I say right. after five, unless it's an emergency, and let me clarify what an emergency is, somebody's physically in danger or bleeding, do not call me, then yes. they won't. Yes. And it's as simple as that. It's not demeaning anybody. I'm not trying to do that. It's just that in my experience, uh, again, there's, you know, uh, out of 100 people, three people will try to break out of their comfort zone. One or maybe two might. But for the rest of people, um, there are leaders and there are followers. It doesn't make a follower a bad person. It, it doesn't make a leader a bad person. But if you understand that you are a leader, then you have a responsibility to lead well. 
Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't know how to lead well. They think, well, if you embrace people and coddle them and be empathetic with them and be liked, that you're going to win them over. And that's absolutely not true. It's actually mm. quite the opposite. Yes, yes. So it yes. just depends how you look at it. it took me uh, 40 years to figure this out, okay? <laughs> it just doesn't come naturally. But it does happen. Because what I'm, what, I'm, um, what I'm hearing you say, and what I, from my experience as well, if you give people, um, if you give people like lines, so this is what I'm allowing, this is not what I'm allowing, mm-hmm. um, and you give them, and they, it's, it, it's easier for them. It's easier for people to be in a relationship with you because they know what you expect and you know what they expect. It makes it an easy, it makes it much easier, it's clearer, and it doesn't become blurred because those, when those lines become blurred, um, that's when the problems start right. within any relationship. So we can go back to your your um, cousin. And the way I'm feeling it is that he, he might think that he's doing a good thing and he might the, his people might like him, but they don't respect him. Because he Deep sounds down. like a pushover, right? Deep so, down, you're right. And he's, and, and he's then neither how a pushover. How can you lead them? Yeah, he he's neither a pushover or, or, or callous, and he has a heart of gold and stuff like that. doesn't make him bad. It doesn't make him no, bad. No. It's just that, you know, I find that people are uh, people like that are good at doing stuff themselves, right? Yes. But when you, when you have people that you have to lead, a lot of times it's kind of challenging because it's like almost like they're pulling you down. And so you'd rather kind of like ignore it and focus on your goal like a salesman than focus on your responsibility as a leader. And that's why I always said, and this is the misnomer for a lot of companies out there and they make this mistake. Your best salesperson is never always your best manager make yes. no mistake yes, yes. okay because a salesperson who's great is tends to be selfish and tends to be thinking only about their benefit and themselves and not that they're doing anything bad or, or whatever no. but i mean that it's sales you sell you make more money now you could look at it like I, I i sell more and i help people however you want to look at it it's a selfish relationship that they have that's what makes them good but take them out of that setting and put them in a managerial role. You got somebody who's selfish, who's driven, who's motivated either by money, challenge, or um, helping others, right? And now you have to make them concerned about other people. It just doesn't really work that well. Mm -hmm. People make this mistake all the time. They're like, wow, you know what? This guy's such a great salesperson, you know, they'd be a manager. Typically, it's your steady salesperson who's not the lowest in ranking, not the highest in ranking, but usually kind of middle of the road. But the Mm -hmm. one that has logic and the one that's um, kind of sure footed and is always reliable and stuff like that. That's the person that makes the best manager, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, you know, I I, I just always recognize that. you know, here's the other question that I asked last week. Is it better to own or control? There's no right or wrong answer on this. I know Michael answered us last week. He said it's better to own. Um, 
I say it's better to control for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not a nine to five guy. I'm not a manager. I'm not a guy who's going to want to open up a company of brick and mortar and worry about the most mundane things like accounting and this and that. I'm a guy who comes in like a tornado, changes things as we know it, takes this thing like a projectile that goes way sky high and knowing when to jump off and let somebody else take it and run with it or it just goes down in a ball of flames, which has happened too, (laughs) okay? But it's basically that everything that I have done personally has adapted my personality. I am the show. It's not the product or the service, Uh, it's me. So imagine me walking away, the product or service goes down. Not everybody does that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Tesla with or without Elon Musk is still a Tesla, right? But uh, a company that Dino built, where Dino is the main attraction and Dino is the feature of everything in his world, if Dino walks away, it's almost like um, they looked at Steve Jobs. You know, oh, what's going to happen now that Steve Jobs has gone Apple? Well, they turned out to be doing just very well because he had an infrastructure. Um, you know, it was unfortunate his, his early passing. But the point is, I mean, he took it as far as he could go. And uh, without Steve Jobs, um, yesterday, Apple was valued at $3 trillion. That's no, what I You have no concept of, really, I mean, seriously, you know, that's a lot of zeros. So um, for me, it was always better to control. So, you know, in, in a case of um, me motivating and guiding people, I would be the, the person who would come in like, like lightning and I would inspire the dead, if you will. I mean, I would motivate them and, and whatever. And then I just step out. So you always see production go up, you know what I mean? And I knew that my presence, my sheer presence alone, um, randomly was effective. But to sit yes. and be a manager morning, noon and night for me and what I do and how I do it kind of uh, takes away the, the mystery of who I am. I mean, and you know what? I mean, that takes some deep dives, deep dives and soul searching to understand who you are. Yes. Yes. I, I'm very comfortable with who I am. Um, and I'll never be a nine to five person. That doesn't make me bad or good, but I, I know what makes me tick and I know what I like to do. Never mind mm-hmm. the phone. I can't, I'm not going to get it right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let her ring. <laughs> Okay, well, that's interesting. Now, now I want to go back to um, control. So um, when you say control, I'm thinking of someone that's controlling, right? So someone that wants everything to be done their way uh, or the highway, you know, like a an authoritarian, I mean, I know that's not what you're saying, but mm-hmm. an authoritarian person that's going like, this is the way to do it, and it's either that way or go away. Um, is that how you see it? Wow, that's a okay. Now that the serial killer thing, take care of the day. But this was a good one. Okay, so uh, yes and no is the best response that I could give you, and just kind of hear me out. So anything that I've done, and anybody that's ever worked for me, and notice I say worked, worked 
for me or worked with me. I never say worked under me. I always structured the compensation to be performance-based, okay? But performance-based where the higher they go, the more money I make. Um, It's not stepping over somebody to get to the top. So I'm encouraging people to go as high as they want to go. Yes. But like all great strategists and all leaders, I have a single laser-focused, big-dream vision. Yes. Okay? And I see it a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I mean, if I, take it, if I take something to a certain level and I realize that I've peaked, I've taken it as high as I can go, I'm the first person that would step aside and say, I'm sure somebody else with their infrastructure can make it go higher. But mm-hmm. I know that... I'm I've peaked and I'm not I'm not beyond saying, you know, I got to step aside. OK, mm-hmm. you get enriched tremendously uh, personally and financially and, you know, emotionally and all that stuff. But the way I always structured my stuff is just that way where people have no boundaries. They have no borders. They have no ceilings. That's number one. Yes. Number two I learned very, very early on that um, if you really, really want to see the fruits of your vision, um, singular transactions are great. They're rewarding because you're challenging yourself. And the only thing you care about is I made X amount of sales, which gave me this much money. And I also helped this many people. Okay, Mm -hmm. But to multiply that. Right. To multiply that. So at that in the same hour, you have thousands of sales going on at the same time. How do you do that? Well, like all good leaders, you have to recognize that you can't do everything. You have to choose one function. So for me, it was kind of hard in the beginning to like put down the sales hat and be a general. It was yeah. very hard for me to stay out of the day-to-day interaction and stuff like that. So I devised a plan. I always knew that where I sat in an office, even if, 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 if my business involved outside sales and I was the best one ever, right? Mm-hmm. I knew that if, as long as I'm outside, I can't direct and inspire and coach people. So I always knew that if I have a home base, command center, if you will, I would have the best seat in the house because instead of killing myself trying to train X, Y, Z, I structured a sales system, a network that I was, for lack of a better word, the puppet master. Hmm. I was the one that would sometimes, believe it or not, tell him what to say to close a deal and then uh, demand that after a deal is closed, that I second close it as the manager or the owner. So it gave me the ability to assess the quality of the sale. You know, I even said to people, do you understand what you're signing? You know, because you don't want to hear, well, I don't really know what I'm I'm signing. I mean, you want to make sure that the quality level is there. And the only way I was able to do it is to understand that I can't be out in the field, even though I love doing that, that I have to assume a general's role. Now, that didn't make me an authoritarian uh, because everybody that would do a deal, I would offer praise and encouraging words. Anybody who didn't get a deal, I would say, I think maybe you should try this next time. So I was a coach to thousands of people. 
thousands of people. And I was able to do it efficiently because, you know, again, I'd get like, I don't know, 300 texts a day and 200 emails a day and probably 200 calls a day. And they were all like quick one, Mm -hmm. two word answers. And I would, you know, respond very efficiently and methodically because I knew that they're out there. They're an extension of me. Yes, yes, yes. I am the ruthless dictator of my own world, of my own vision, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. But I wasn't so harsh where it's just like it's my way or the highway. I'd hear them out. I'd hear their approach. I'd say, yeah, that sounds great. And why don't you also try this on top of it? Or sometimes they'd floor me and I'd learn a new technique that I myself never envisioned. So you can always keep learning and you can always keep perfecting. Uh, And that's what I mean by control. Okay. Mm, mm. Not bad to own. It's it's not, you know, I mean, you know, if, if I had more infrastructure and if I had more professional people and more people on the payroll, obviously that I would be set and poised to own something. But the way I always started businesses was just like so homegrown, so immediate, so quick that usually it was just me and a handful of people. And then all of a sudden, all these outside salespeople that just kind of like flocked to me mm-hmm. and wanted to be part of the sales process. So there's no infrastructure in my my building, in my surroundings. It was all grassroots movement because I, could, mm-hmm. I said I could, my gift was I can inspire the dead. And I knew I love it. And I knew that. You give people motivation, you give people a challenge, you give people advice and coaching and praise, and you'll be amazed what people are capable of doing. Yes. Even beyond yes. their own belief, you'll be amazed. But if you buy into their fears and you buy into their phobias and their per- perceived glass ceilings on why things can't work, then you're, you're hurting them. You're hurting me. Even if you say, yeah, I agree. You know, oh, oh, I don't feel good today. Yeah, me too. I don't feel good. Right away, now, people don't feel good. And then usually one person goes, you know, comes on sick. But, you know, if you just sit there and say, really? Oh, it'll pass. Or, you know, you're not feeling good because you're not doing X, Y, Z. You're pushing that. The mind is really weird, you know, for lack of a better word. And uh, it's it's a powerful thing that we're only beginning to comprehend. Um, and again, I mean, just understanding 1% more of a normal person's brain makes you what other people say is a genius. I don't think of it as like you're a savant, you're a genius and other people are not. I just think that, you know, there's certain people that um, are able to tap into um, what we all have. We mm-hmm. talked about this last week too. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So it's a learned response, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I love that. So now I'm I'm going to ask you, as uh, as part of the audience, what um, advice, for the want of a better word, would you give our um, viewers and our listeners to have the best best year twenty as twenty twenty two. Um, you know, again, uh, probe yourself, push yourself, have um, attainable goals and have 
big, huge dreams, things that you can't even possibly imagine that you can do, but just dream them and daydream. Um, I still do it. I have all my life. I have since seven years old. And, you know, my daydreams um, have been <laughs> ever changing throughout my life. But I guess the important thing to stress is believing that you're capable of incredible things uh, is probably the best way to explain it. It's not mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you know, my dream, because I used to say this, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a psychiatrist. Yeah, that's a big dream, you know, but believing that you deserve and are capable of incredible things is probably a more appropriate thing because, you know, uh, this is the sales one that I hate, but it's still in my head. They would always say a bumblebee doesn't know that its body is too big for uh, to, to, to fly. Right. You know, and as cheesy as it sounds, it is true. You know, if, if, if I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm short for, you know, normal height and, you know, I'm a, at a disadvantage because I'm Greek and I'm at a disadvantage because I'm this or I'm that. You start believing that and then all of a sudden you can't do things. Mm -hmm. You just open up your mind to a world of possibilities. Look, opportunities come every single day. Every second of every day, there's a crossroad in everybody's life and the choice they make at that time leads you to a whole new infinite kind of outcome and, and possibilities. Right. Right. The thing is, is just to be open to the fact that there are infinite choices. And for all the people out there that are like, well, you know what, you got to be at the right place at the right time. And there's luck and this and that, uh, to answer all of you, the answer is yes. But it's not just me that's in the right place at the right time. Everybody is every second of every day. But it's the choices you select. Mm -hmm. You know, you ever you ever wonder, like, if I did this instead of this, then maybe this would happen. And if that happened, then this would happen. And if that happened. But you don't know, because most people are just kind of stuck in their comfort zone. And they're like, well, today's like yesterday, which is like the other day. Yeah. I always have lunch at 12 and I always go, you know, wake up at 8. You know, and so if you're going to live that kind of life, chances are you're always going to cross the same familiars. Mm -hmm. But if you woke up at seven instead of eight and you had lunch at 11 instead of 12, who would you meet? Who would you come in contact with? What would you see? And right. and sometimes that's all it takes. Trust me. It keeps happening to me. It can't be I'm the luckiest guy in the world. It's with everybody. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, well, that's that's brilliant advice. So that's something exciting to a small challenge. So what time are you having lunch today, Dino? Hell, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably today about uh, two, maybe. Oh. I don't know. Oh, that was a random question. <laughs> what I'm saying is <laughs> um, change it. So listen to your body and make the right choices. I think. That's probably one of the the best advice for this year. And one more thing I want to ask you. So what are you going to do today with your cousin? What are you, what? Okay, I'm not asking for details. I'm just saying like you, you're going in and you're changing everything, right? You're going in, but how are you going to, what are you going to tell him? How are you going well, to do this? Because it's quite a sticky situation. Not really. Today I'm going to go in and just be kind of an observer 
there's training going on. So all the uh, uh, employees are going to be there and I'm just going to observe. And I hope people are like, well, what's he doing? Why is he writing notes? Uh, but to understand where the issues may be, you have mm -hmm. to understand people. You have to watch them. You have to watch their mannerisms. You have to watch what they say, how they say it, and so forth. It's kind of like psychology. So kind of in a way, I have fulfilled my seven-year-old dream uh, of becoming a psychiatrist. Yeah. Because in my opinion, sales is kind of like psychology. I mean, it does involve a lot of like assessing situations and kind of calculating outcomes and so forth. Yes. But I, I think today it's going to be an observation day. And I think that uh, as time goes on and it's not going to take a long time, I make a presence in a room. So people will start coming to me individually and start asking, well, what are you doing here and what do you see? And that's when I could sit and have one on ones where I find out what they want, what mm -hmm. they see as their role, what their dream may be. And only then can I almost like tailor make everybody's situation to fit them, right? Because mm -hmm. if you if you inspire somebody and tailor make it for them, it's priceless. Yes. This isn't a joke. This isn't like a sales technique or I'm lying. Yeah. Or, you know, this is just understanding people. Mm -hmm. My dreams are not somebody else's dreams, and that's okay. Yes. Um, we're all different, but we all want to aspire to be something better than ourselves. And just understanding that, I think this is just an easy fix, just completely easy. Well, I love that too. Um, so on that note, what, um, what was, what's freedom for you this week? Freedom for me is um, hmm. freedom for me is waking up and doing whatever I want to do and enjoying it and feeling fulfilled again and understanding that I'm not the kind of guy that's just going to sit and go away and retire, that the best years are in front of me, ahead of me, and that um, this is only the beginning. So that is freedom. I mean, financial freedom is great, trust me. Uh, but, but, but that said, even, even if I wasn't financially free, I think I would still feel the same way, is mm -hmm. that being able to get up and make choices that suit me and pick and choose avenues that make me feel fulfilled, um, it's priceless. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. That's a beautiful way to end the day um, or this um, session. But before I do, um, we spoke last week about Dino, Dino's little Dino's in the um, in the <laughs> video. Who won? And, and well, I didn't do it last week because I still had to come. Um, I st my editor still had to come up with the thing. So, so what I thought is, whoever did actually um, comment on our um, video last week, I'll just give them, say, as free 30-minute um, break fear coaching session. So awesome. if you've commented, just let me know. But now, this week, we've actually created this little Dino wandering around the screen, and he's really cute. He really is. And um, so when you see it, just let us know where it is, and 
let the fun begin and let's have some surprises. That's pretty cool. This could be good. That's going to be good. It's very cool. Yes, and um, I've got some other ideas as well that we're going to have some new things coming up in the next few weeks. So keep a watch out on this uh, beautiful, this beautiful conversation that we have. So remember, subscribe and comment and click the little button and follow and do all the good stuff. Anything else for us today, Dino, before we go? No, just have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. I will. Good. Thank you, everyone. We will see you next week. And um, join us in another exciting, scintillating conversation. Bye, everyone. And bye, Dino. See you soon. Bye-bye. Peace. Oh, see you next week. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this week's adventure. And I look forward to seeing you again. Please comment like, subscribe, and share with your friends if you thought this was a map. Remember, if you need any additional resources, just check them out in the description box below. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks again. Bye for now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.